1: For the weak of the world who can't pick themselves up. Friends, God's gospel is God's power to save us and to pick us up. Many people today want to be saved. How many of you are in that club? Raise your hand. I want to be saved. You know, I don't want some slogan that says I'm saved. I want the truth that saves me. And I want Christ.
2: Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko, with the conclusion to... The Gospel of God, today's Reaching Your Heart. Let's
1: have a little prayer. Dear Father God, we're lost without amazing grace. Without the kind of grace that finds us, that saves us, we don't get anywhere. And Lord, we don't get there because we feel like we have amazing grace. We get there because of the power of the Gospel of God. And we learn about it in our Bible so, Father, as we open the word of God, give us Jesus, not a fake Jesus, the real one in Scripture, which is the authority of God for us in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Paul proclaims in Romans 1.16 something that is an amazing truth that we must incorporate into our lives or we will be lost. But the corollary is equally true and more so that we will be utterly saved if we take these words to heart. Romans 1.16, Paul says, "...for I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith, to the Jew first and also the Greek." Now friends, I stand in this pulpit today and I declare in the power of God's word through the authority of scripture that I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the gospel that saves the preacher in this pulpit. It is the gospel that will save you and your family. It is God's gospel in the book of Romans. We have learned in Romans 1.1 that the gospel that is about Jesus Christ that saves us is defined in the book of Romans as the gospel of God. It's not man's gospel, it's God's gospel. The gospel in the Greek language means good news. And so the gospel is the good news of God. It is the good news that comes from God. It is the good news that in some sense is about God. It is the good news that we as human beings did not expect and that we as human beings could never have come up with on our own. It is a radical good news that reaches us with our bad news and it can transform our lives in practical ways. Friend, the Gospel of God is an alien kind of good news. Why do I say that? Because it came from outer space. It was not invented here. It came from the King of God. It came from the heart of God where love abounds. It came. God's Gospel is a warm kind of good news. Why? Because it comes from the hearth of God. Which is full of a father's love, and it comes to us in peace. But for all who struggle for strength in this world, for everyone who yearns for energy to face evil down, are you in that club? Are you struggling against evil in your life? Are you? Okay. For the weak of the world who can't pick themselves up, friends, God's gospel is God's power to save us and to pick us up. Many people today want to be saved. How many of you are in that club? Raise your hand. I want to be saved. You know, I don't want some slogan that says, I'm saved. I want the truth that saves me, and I want Christ. You see, we can say I'm saved. It's another thing to be saved. It's more important to be saved and boast about it. But many people practically do not know how to be saved. And more profoundly, they don't know how to get the power to be saved. They say, well, how on earth can I get out of the mess I'm in? I'm in this struggle here. I don't know how to pull myself up. How can I be saved? I have been in that boat. I'm not speaking down to anyone. I have been there. When I was in the Marshall Islands, a boat at sea, I remember one day we were out there and we were moving to an island to go fishing and scuba diving. It was Christmas break. I was a student missionary and a great storm came and the boat began to sink. It felt like I was in one of Jesus' stories in the New Testament. And as the boat began to sink, I had a treasure in my hand, a camera that got swept out to sea. And I was so upset about losing my camera, I didn't realize what was happening to me right there in the middle of the storm. The boat suddenly moved up and I began to fall into the ocean. I would have died in minutes. And I remember doing something very simple and it made a difference to me. I said, oh God, save me. That's a simple prayer, isn't it? That boat rolled right back and I fell into the boat. The swell turned and it rolled back and I fell into the boat and my life was saved. In an instant, the God of the universe had redirected the course of that storm and that swell to pick me up into the boat instead of letting me fall into the sea. I believe that when we pray that prayer, God save me, God hears that prayer in Jesus, and he saves us. Two words converge in the original Greek that fills Romans one sixteen with pure meaning. The Greek word for power in Romans one sixteen is the Greek word dunamis. In the Greek language of Paul's day, there was another word for power. It meant authority. That is not the word that Paul is using here. He is using the Greek word for power, which is the word we get a word dynamite, dunamis from it. Dunamis means active power. It can mean explosive power in certain contexts or mighty power. I'm glad God has authority, but I'm glad God has mighty explosive power to fulfill his word in my life. God didn't gradually make this universe. God didn't gradually make this world over millions of years of making mistakes and engineering evolution out so things could die until He could get it right. Our God is not a mess-up kind of God. Our God in Scripture spoke and darkness fled from the light because the primordial light was the Son of God before there was a sun, moon, or star. And in seven days, God made the heavens and the earth that we enjoy on this planet. And God can bring them to an end decisively at the end of the age by the same kind of power. We worship an explosively powerful God. And it's that kind of word that Paul uses in Romans 1.16. The power of the Gospel is majestic, powerful energy. In Matthew 7, this noun, dunamis, is used for the first time in the New Testament of your Bible to describe the powerful work of Jesus Christ that casts out devils. Now, I have been overseas and I've been here, and I can tell you there are devils over there and there are devils here too. There are devils all around us. There are winds that blow. And friend, when a wind is blowing against you and your family that is threatening you with some kind of addiction as threatening you with attitudes that are not of God or just pure chaos that comes at you. God's word declares that Jesus Christ has power, energy to overcome evil. Look at Matthew seven twenty Here is that word where it is used. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And notice what else they did before they apostatized and do mighty works in your name. There were disciples in the first era who were filled with the Holy Spirit, who did miracles in the name of God, but who left Him. He's referring to this. But notice here, He calls them mighty works that they did accomplish in His name. The Greek word here is dunamis explosive, powerful works. You know what Christ is trying to say? It is possible to be very energetic, to even be filled with the Holy Spirit at some point in your life, and then to forget God, to fall away from Him. And to not benefit from the Lord's work in your life. So these people had participated in the mighty, dunamis, explosive, powerful works of Christ in the beginning. The New Testament is very clear, friend, that Jesus Christ has the authority kind of power to cast out demons in your life and your family. He has mighty kind of power to make it so. The use of dunamis here means that Jesus has active and explosive power raw energy to work miracles. Now, we're not in this church building today because we are smart or we are rich or because we just knew how to get the job done. Right? We're in this church building because we worship a mighty, powerful God who got the job done. And he's got other things he's doing for us as well. And so we give glory to God. You saw the blue sapphire ceiling there. What does that represent? It represents the law of God that came from the blue sapphire throne of God. When God made this world, it was a mighty act. And God's law is his charter, his constitution, of the universe. Friend, it's one thing to have the right to do something. But it's altogether another thing to have the ability... The raw power to make it happen. So dunamis kind of power can make a mighty kind of power operative in your life. God has that power. It's not theoretical power, it's practical power. In Romans 1.16, the Bible is saying that the gospel is God's raw, pure, explosive, able kind of power to save you and your family. It's not weak in any way. It's not effective. Now, sometimes people worship God and they think that He is weak and ineffective in some way. But God is not weak and ineffective. God is fully capable. The power of the gospel of God, Paul says in Romans 1.16, is the gospel of God's power to save us. My son has a bumper sticker on my car. If you go out there, you'll see his Subaru. It's really his car. And some people say, Pastor Mike, why did you put that bumper sticker on the car? It reads like this. Not all... Who wonder are lost. You ever seen that on people's cars? My son's an outdoorsman. He didn't know that this came from J.R.R. Tolkien in his book, The Lord of the Rings. And I don't recommend those books at all. Because I don't believe they came from the right side. But this poem here shows you how wrong it can be. It talks about power that we have in ourselves. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wonder are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. Now that sounds nice and fine, but the truth is that all those who wonder are lost. All those who wonder are lost. He's wrong. The truth is the weak do not have the power to become king. That unless God's power comes into our life, we cannot make it on our own. And so every child of Adam is born under the power of sin, according to the Scripture. And the law is called the power of sin.
2: You are listening to Reaching Your Heart. More with Pastor Michael Tanko in just a moment. A reminder, we are a listener-funded ministry. We do appreciate your support. If you can help us out with a financial contribution, here's the phone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can also find us on the web at reachingyourheart.com. Here he is, Pastor Mike, once again.
1: And look at Romans 3, nine. What then are we to say? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For I have already charged that all men, both Jew and Greeks, are what does it say? Are under the power of sin. Now the Greek text simply says we are all under sin. The power of sin is implied in the syntax here. But the word dunamis that we saw in Romans 1.16 for the explosive power of God is used for sin in one place in the New Testament. Sin has a mighty power because of the mighty nature of God's law to enforce his verdict against his broken law. God's law has been hijacked by evil in a way in the book of Romans so that sin has a mighty kind of power over people who do not have the gospel of God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 56, it says, the sting of death is what? Is sin. And the power of sin is the, the law. Now, wait a second. You say, how is the power of sin the law? In Romans 7.12, Paul makes this statement about the law that many churches today ignore. Let's look at it. Let's not get it wrong here. Romans 7.12, what does it say? So the law is holy, the commandment is holy holy and just and good. Is there anything wrong with the law according to the Apostle Paul? Yes or no? What does the Scripture say? The law is good. You know, if a preacher comes around saying God's law is done away with, he's talking different language than the New Testament. The Bible says there's nothing wrong with God's law. And yet we saw in the context that somehow the law is the power of sin. Now how do we put this together? How is the dunamis mighty power of sin present in the law? Here's how it works. Friends, sin has no power to keep you in the grave without the law of God. The law of God is morally perfect. And that law of God requires that a sinner not live forever. And so when Adam and Eve sinned, the devil had a powerful argument to keep the human race in the grave. And we know it in Jude verse 9 that the devil himself was contending with the archangel Michael over the body of Christ because we know that Moses appeared with Elijah was taken to heaven, that Moses' body was resurrected according to Scripture. He appeared in resurrection form with Elijah who never died on the Mount of Transfiguration. And the devil opposed him. He resisted him. He said, you have no right to resurrect Moses from the grave. Why? Because the law says that sinners stay in the grave. The Lord rebuke you, Michael said, because God knew that the cross of Christ was coming. We have all sinned. If the law is all there is of God, then we are all in deep trouble because of the law, its power to enforce the fact that we have sinned. Now, that does not mean the law is bad. It simply means the law is consistent. So in the book of Romans, the power of the gospel of God stands in stark contrast to the power of the law to convict the sinner. The gospel is a power akin to that of the law, but greater because it has a deeper truth that reveals the heart of the law within the gospel. The law is the power of God to condemn. We saw that. Paul says in Romans 1.16 that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. Now that's what I need. Are you with me? The gospel of God, friend, does for us what the law of God cannot do, even though the law of God is holy, just, and good. The Gospel shows a side of God that is even better than the written law. Even though the law is perfect, it shows us what is inside the law as a beating heart, the heart of God. The Gospel shows the heart of the law, that in it there is mercy. Mercy that is holy, just, and good, and mercy that does not do away with the law to save us. It is God's very power for salvation. The Greek word used right here in Romans 1.16 for salvation in the Greek language means healing. So the gospel is the power of God to heal people. In the ancient Roman world, there was a God named Asclepius. Asclepius, in fact, was the God of healing. And they would have these medical institutions wrapped around Asclepius. They'd have the serpent, the twisted serpent on the pole. That idea is really coming from Greek mythology. Now, I have been to Asia Minor. I have looked on those ancient inscriptions. I read Greek. And I noticed right there in the Greek language the word soter for Savior. Savior. And the word for healer in the Greek language is the word Savior. And it had the exact same meaning in the New Testament. So when Jesus was introduced by the angel and the angel said of Jesus, he will save his people from their sins, it means that Jesus will heal his people from their sins. I want to be healed in life. Are you with me? I don't want to just find a ticket to heaven. I want sin to have no power in my life. Now, 1 Peter 2.24. Peter is writing of Christ. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Now, look at this phrase. By his wounds you have been what? Healed. The power of the cross of Christ heals people. Peter is quoting Isaiah fifty three verse five. The great... Fourth servant song from the gospel prophet. You know it. He was wounded for what? Our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that made us whole, and with his stripes we are what? Healed. I mean, friend, that is what God is out to do. He wants to heal us from the power of sin and from the hold of sin and its effects on our family and our lives. Christ was beaten to a pulp in his arrest at the cross so you can escape the beating that sin deserves. Jesus was scourged so you could go free. He was condemned so you can be spared and justified, legally acquitted. Christ surrendered his power to be arrested. And he was taken away so you can surrender to God's grace and the gospel of God and be received and gathered to God. My favorite Bible writer, bar none, outside the Bible, had this to say about Jesus as the great reversal of our sins. I just want to share an excerpt from that great devotional book, The Desire of Ages, page 25. In stooping to take upon himself humanity, Christ revealed a character the opposite of the character of Satan. But he stepped still lower in the path of humiliation. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. As the high priest laid his gorgeous pontifical robes and officiated in the white linen dress of the common priest, so Christ took the form of a servant and offered sacrifice. Himself the priest, himself the victim. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. Now here is one of my favorite statements outside the Bible that any Christian writer has ever written. Christ was treated as we deserve, that we might be treated as He deserves. He was condemned for our sins, in which He had no share, that we might be justified by His righteousness, in which we had no share. He suffered the death which was ours, that we might receive the life which was His. With His stripes, we are healed. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God for healing people. No one will be healed from sin forever without the Gospel of God. I mean, you may play around with self-help talk. You may think that you can fix your life up. Friend, if you don't have Jesus, you can't fix anything. And if you don't have the authority of God's Word in your life, you don't have Christ, really. Because Christ works through your Bible to bring the Holy Spirit into your life. The good news of what Jesus has done and who Jesus is at that cross is the Gospel of God that will heal you and your life spiritually and that will heal you in the resurrection at the end of the age. Good news is not parceled out from a stingy heart. God is not stingy to only offer salvation to a few, the elect... The call of God and the gospel of God is the universal call and the love of God in the gospel of God that is broad. It's deep and it reaches us. It reaches far to save the broken. It goes to distant lands to find the lost. Let's turn to John 3.16 in our Bibles. You know this verse. Look at it. The Magna Carta, of the Christian faith. For God, what? So loved the world that He did What? that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I hold on to that verse because it is true for me in my life. The whosoever that believes in Jesus, that's not the big people only or the small ones, it's everybody. Whoever you are, if you get on your knees in humility and you believe in Christ as your healer, as your Savior, you will not perish. You cannot perish. Believing in Christ in this way, friend, is the condition for receiving the benefits of the Gospel of God. Now what is faith? Faith is not some feeling where you say, I believe. Faith is when you really do. And you know when you do? You do when you do. Right? When you put yourself on the line and you say, I believe. Take me. And there's nothing between you and the action of faith. It is the choice of the heart. It's not willpower, but it's the will. The whosoever that believeth in Him who is Jesus will live forever. God has leveled the ground so any child of humanity can be saved. That is what Paul is saying in Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God to what? To salvation, for healing, for how many people? For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and for the Greek. Now notice that last part. Here the Bible proclaims that our God is not a racist. You know, we ought to hear an amen on that one. A lot of tensions in our culture. Our God is not a racist. Salvation is for every single person on the face of the planet. God wants black and white to be saved together in the same church as the family of God. He wants red and yellow and every other color of men together, women precious to Him, to come to Christ and to be saved I like a church like that. It's like the first angel's message of Revelation 14. Every nation, kindred, tribe, and tongue, an everlasting gospel that brings people together. In Revelation 10, it says the mystery of God, which is to bring all nations together through the gospel, will be accomplished at the time of the end. Friend, we come to Christ from different lands, and we become one people in the kingdom of God. The mystery of the gospel of God is how God takes us all with all our differences. If we come to Christ, we put our lives on the altar, and he puts us together with truth and with Christ, and we become one people. My brothers and my sisters are men and women who love Jesus and follow his word. Right? Jesus says, my brother and my mother are those... Who do the will of God. It's true here for all of us. So, how does a person live who comes to believe in the gospel of God? How can God be righteous to the law and not set it aside and save sinners who deserve to die because they have broken that law? How can God be fair to the law as a standard of righteousness and pull us away from its condemnation with mercy and be righteous as God? You see, friend, Jesus is more than just the Son of God in the Bible. Now listen to what I'm saying here. Christ is the lawgiver. You know, those people who say, well, the law was nailed to the cross, don't realize it was the lawgiver who was nailed to the cross. We broke God's law, every one of us. And Romans says the wages of sin is death for every single one. But what we did not know until the cross... Until it was revealed at Calvary, we can clearly see hanging on that cross. On the cross, we do not see a broken law as such. We see something higher up and deeper in. On the cross, we see the broken heart, the broken body, the broken law giver.
2: Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Tanko. We are a listener-supported ministry and would love for you to partner with us as we continue to present Christ-centered, biblical truths of Scripture in practical and relevant ways. Call us right now at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Visit the website reachingyourheart.com to find out more about this ministry, Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenco. That's reaching your yourheart.com. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. You can donate right there on the website, reachingyourheart.com. 888-244-HOPE. Thanks for listening. And as always, we do pray that God is reaching your heart.